Welcome one and all to the 179th episode of your favorite podcast, The Dawson D Show. Thank you for spending some time with us today. We're in for an absolute ripper. Our guest today is one of the superstars of Australian basketball and will go down as a legend of the NBL. He's played in the NBA in Germany, Puerto Rico, and currently dominating for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mitch Creek. This episode is a fascinating one as we see a side of Mitch that is totally different to the superstar we see on the court. Creaky is incredibly honest and it's refreshing to hear an athlete at the peak of their power speak so openly and unfiltered opposed to the usual politically correct spiel we're used to. Mitch is about to share with you some of his personal opinions of the lifestyle of pro ballers, dealing with drunk people being idiots in public and a brutally tough look at himself in a number of areas in his life. He talks about his struggles in balancing a healthy relationship while traveling the world playing basketball, some of the harsh truths he's had to work through in his personal life, but most importantly, some incredible advice about how to get through hard times which all of us can implement. Plus, we have a good laugh throughout and trust us that what's in the golf box segment this week is unmissable. If you're new here, subscribe to the show both here and on YouTube so you never miss an episode and check out our many interviews with the best athletes in the world. All right, let's hand it over to the legend himself. Here he is, Mitch Creek. All right, Doss, we have Australian basketball royalty in the house, and I've been so excited for this for a very long I time. I you have been. Mitch Creek, welcome to the Doss and D Show. Boys, it is an absolute friggin' pleasure. Long time coming, so we're wrapped. We're absolutely stoked to have you in the studio, mate. How's the knee? Firstly, you told us a little bit off air about it, but it's uh, you've got a bit of a niggle there. Yeah, just got a, a nice old Charlie Horse, big corky from <laughs> um, big JLA. Ended up just bone, some bad bone bruising and a um, bit of a strain, but... I got two knees, mate, so I can still do the hop, skip, and a jump if I need Very to. Very true. <laughs> well, we were talking like now it's sort of in a mid-season point of view. It, it, I mean, nobody likes an injury, but is it sometimes nice to just have a game or two off? No, no. When you get absolutely pants by Illawarra true. two days ago, <laughs> that's uh, that's never a nice feeling. I think it's the biggest the biggest frustration is that you can't be out there with your teammates and you yeah. can't share the loss and take away some of the other people's pain. And I think that's something I did for a long time was kind of pull from other people in their negative energies and be like, no, nah, like, hey, like, I, like, I was shit out tonight. That's mm. bullshit, boys. Like, I set a bad tone and that's why we lost. And sometimes people will believe that and sometimes people think it's still their fault. But if I can take a little bit of that from them, then it, it softens the blow and it's a little bit easier. But when you win a game, you try and be like, my teammates were fucking excellent. They <laughs> yeah. were on point. You know, Reese was this, X was that, this was why. And then they start to feel better about themselves as well because sometimes, you know, as a – a leader and probably one of the better players, moderately saying, I, I, you get more of the accolades. And sometimes it's not really what you want. You're kind of like, well, this guy had a huge impact and didn't really score the ball or didn't really do anything, but he really won us the game. Mm. I just got the got some points and did some cool stuff and, and just did my normal stuff. But other people actually really do all the hard yards and you know mm. they hammer in all the nails and... You know, sometimes you just go over there and you tap the last little bit in and that's it. And you get the, hey, he put the nail in, but other people really set it up, got it out, measured it. And then they're like, they tapped it all the way in and then they gave you the hammer. And sometimes that's how it feels, but you want to give other people all the glory because mm. when you get shouted at times, you're like, I don't want this. This isn't a nice feeling. And mm. you get, as you get older, I think you, you realize that being praised is not the thing you actually desire most. It was good to see on a, on a nicer note besides like the, the loss at, Corey Homicide Williams in the house the other night at uh, John Kane. That was special. Far out, wasn't that? Just a moment. I remember I was shooting free throws and they said it and I, I normally zone out and I, d- I don't hear the crowd. I don't hear the announcers. I don't hear the music. All I hear is like the coach, the bench and my teammates. And then I just heard like, oh, Homicide. And I was like, look up and he was on the screen and I was so happy. We'd actually spoken prior to the game and he said he was going to be there and uh, we'd been chatting and uh, it just – He's such an inspirational person, not just for what he's going through now. Like he's always been an inspirational person to me. He was an MVP of the NBL, you know, came in with probably the most elite trash talk and shit (laughs) talk game you've ever seen in your life. With all due respect, he has been, you know, probably the biggest pest to a lot of people, but he's actually been probably one of the biggest motivators to a lot of others to say like he is talking a lot of shit and he is waxing our asses in front of <laughs> all of our families, <laughs> which no one would want to Good see. Term. <laughs> that is not something you want to see, but he's done that at a high level and now he's come full circle and now he's a entrepreneur. He associates with some of the most famous people all across the world with the biggest brands hosting some of the biggest names in sporting history. 
And it's all because his lightness, his brand, his character, who he is as a person. And unfortunately, he's going through this battle and sometimes that highlights what we sometimes overlook as, oh, yeah, he's a bit arrogant. Now people go, oh, what an amazing human being. Why don't we just look at it from the get-go as what an amazing human being, look at what he's done. Mm. And I think it's a good precedence for the rest of us to move forward and say, maybe I'll give that person a little bit more leeway because they've done some really freaking good stuff in this world. And they deserve a pat on the back and sometimes they just get shit thrown at them. So maybe let me be the person that, you know, brushes the shit off and pats them on the back and says, hey, mate, good job. Keep it up. It's interesting what you you spoke about earlier about giving accolades to your teammates. But especially nowadays as you progress through your career, you've got a lot of experience under your belt. How do you go with quick turnarounds like between games? So you you mentioned like what happened with Illawarra and you just want to get back into it. You're keen to, you know, make amends as soon as possible. How much do results affect you de- these days? For uh, how long? Very little. Yeah. My intent is the greatest focus for me rather than the outcome. Okay. So in all parts of my life now, intent is more important than outcome because I know if my intent is correct, then I'm going to give myself a very large opportunity and a very big spectrum to fall in the middle of and say, anywhere in here is pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. But if I go in with a pretty average mindset and a pretty average you know, plan of, okay, what do I want to get out of this? What am I going to give to this and where can I land? And I don't really give it all my effort. I'm a bit half-assed and half-hearted. I just had a phone call on the way in where something I was committed to, I was a bit half-assed and I said, look, I, need, I either need to step up and grow some balls and, and do this properly or we need to go our separate ways because I'm not going to give part of my time when I should give all of my effort yeah. in that time and I'm not doing it. So when you have great intent, I feel like the results are going to speak for themselves at some point in time. Now, it's hard when you lose games because you want to win. But if you don't learn from it, you don't review it, you don't rely on yourself being accountable and then you you know, you know, bring other people on board and say, hey, I need you to look at yourself in the mirror a little bit, that's a hard conversation to have with grown men. Mm. To tell your teammates, hey, that's not good enough, you need to you know, really take a minute and watch this game back because you did lay an egg there and that's not acceptable. When you talk about committing, like you're either in or you're out, when I think back to, I'm I'm sure, you know, your early days, is that something that you kind of had to pick up along the journey or is that something that you've always, like you've always been pretty confident to know when I'm in and when I'm out and make the decision? No, I think I just kind of grazed through life thinking I was this 18-year-old going into being a professional basketballer and I thought that, there were just going to be titties thrown in my face <laughs> yeah. and dollar bills being yeah. you know thrown everywhere and I was going to live this life and, and have an amazing time. And naivety at 18 years old is that that's what you know ballers are and whatever else. And it's very cliche, but when you look at the next generation, what are they looking at? It's TikTok, it's Instagram, it's viral videos. And a lot of it is tits, ass and, and whatever you're interested in. That's yeah. what you're kind of getting a lot yeah. more of. And it's like the fame, the fortunes, that's what's going to happen the reality is very different. You are going to absolutely cop shit left, right and center. You're going to have to work your ass off. You're going to sacrifice all of those things at a young age just to have a chance to be a state player or maybe a national championship winning team. Maybe it's a, an Australian team you want to play for. But those are there's levels to all of it. And there's so many good kids nowadays coming through. That next generation has got an absolute mountain to climb. Mm. A lot harder than I had it, a lot harder than my parents had it or their parents had it because there's so much choice and there's so much distraction that if you don't have a commitment to something, your intent wavers and it's like, oh, maybe I want to go over here and, and just do these podcasts instead because I don't need to go and train. A bit of shiny objects. in Shiny objects. Yeah. It's, you know, the basketball is the biggest distraction on the court. And I teach kids if you can't play without the basketball and without dribbling, then you can't play the game because if you can't cut, you can't rebound, you can't create offense by screening, slipping, making reads, well, you're just going to be a ball-dominant player and no one wants a ball-dominant player. They need to be effective quickly and effectively and also play defense and communicate. And if you do those three things, well, you're going to be a pretty good damn player. So, yeah, shiny object syndrome is uh, is the easy way to say, you know, just let the ball go and learn the game the right way be patient with it, but then commit to, I want to be this or I don't. And if you aren't really sure, that's okay. There's plenty of time, but you have to have some kind of intention of, I'm going to give it my best effort when I give it the effort it deserves. And if I don't get a good return, it doesn't mean I'm not worthy of it. It just means that maybe my time needs to increase, my passion needs to increase, my curiosity needs to increase, or 
maybe it's not the sport for me and maybe there's another hobby or interest or passion that I want to pursue a bit more and that's okay because that's the diversity we all live in right now. It's really interesting. Uh, like I find it fascinating listening to things about attitude, but especially when it comes to basketball because we're big AFL fans, for example, but that's obviously a national sport. It's all kept in the confines of the country. About two years ago, we had Chris Ansey on the show and when he described the NBL versus the NBA, it was fascinating because everything that we would see as consumers of the NBA, he basically went dead against. He said, this is a show, the guys are so different. He went deep into it, but you've played basketball all across the world. What's the main differences you find with guys' attitudes in a place like America versus Germany versus Australia? Oh, it's a, the differences of attitude is typically based around what people want from that situation. If you're in Australia... What are the what are the three thing what are the three words you would describe Australian basketball with? I'd go tough, gritty, <laughs> same thing. Um, <laughs> I'd go uh, yeah probably attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd go uh, physical. Yeah, a lot of physicality. Mm-hmm. And so Australian basketball culture. You name in three words. You say f- attacking, physical, physical, and I don't want to say the word, but like it's. I don't want to say slow, but I, when I compare it to the NBA, it's, it's just not as fast. Yeah. So the way we all got taught when we grew up is Australian basketball is like mateship. So it's the team first. You sacrifice whatever it is you have, your ego, your <laughs> selfishness, your wants and needs. That is before you walk in the door, you need to throw that out. That's the way you 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 get on the team. Then it's like gritty. Yeah, that's one of the ones. Toughness, grittiness. Like mm. we we bury our heads in the trenches and we fight for the guy next to us and we have that mateship. And that's kind of the two main pillars of Australian basketball. And I think that for us, we play with a level of toughness and a physicality, you're right. And that grit and determination is one thing. But playing a physical style of play, like very attacking is, I think, yeah, the other thing. But mateship comes into it. When you look Mm. at some of these other European teams, they're very disciplined. Right, it's very systematic. It's very offensively based in the half court. It slows down. The pace of the game is a bit slower. E- excellent shooters, very good fundamentally. Uh, ability to pass the ball out of both hands. You look at the Americans, like raw power, athleticism, talent, skill sets are so much higher than some of these other people around the world. Because, well, if you give me the same skill sets as you give Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant's seven foot and can jump over three houses. I can't jump over three houses, especially right now. I can't jump over three Tic Tacs. <laughs> so you give two people with different athletic abilities that are God given. You, like Kevin Durant doesn't go to the gym. He openly says, I do not go and lift weights. I'm like, cool. I have to lift weights or I will look like an old rubber chicken. Yeah. You know, the ones that make that That's really crazy. bad noise. So <laughs> I find that nuts. When you, when you think about it, the world game is very different. But it's about where you play and, and what your intention is when you're in that system. So if I go overseas right now, I'm classified as an import. People will look at me and say, okay, how I play in Australia is maybe a little bit different how I play internationally. Because internationally, I need to get points on the board. They look at the imports to score and to win games and to be dominant. And sometimes that dominance isn't always just I've had 30 points and we win or I had 30 points and we lose because if you lose in enough games and you have 30 points, well, you still suck as a team. And that's probably your fault because other people aren't getting the right looks. So even when I was over in Puerto Rico recently for five months and played there, we played 60 mm. odd games. I only averaged, you know, 19 a game, whatever else, but we won a lot of games. We won 20 games out of whatever it was. And then you have finals and you have everything else. But like we ended up finishing, I think nearly equal first or second on the ladder overall. And we started one and eight. Really? You know, we, yeah. we would we would sh- dog shit. Like we were really bad. Like, you know, when you step on dog shit and it's fresh <laughs> and you rub it in the grass. I love his analogies. I'm a, I'm a magnet for dog shit too. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. then you like every, your whole yard smells like dog shit. Yeah. That's what our team <laughs> felt like. It was really yeah. bad. But then we, we, made a, we made a change. We bought in. We played the right way. We were selfless. We gave up good shots and we made the extra plays to get great shots. And then we went on this massive tear and we were fucking dominant. Like we were unreal. But that's that's basketball in a whole. America is a great league, yes, but it's very isolated, very individual, one-on-one based, middle pick and roll, side pick and roll. Yeah. Get it to your star with six seconds to go, let him make a play and he will shoot 24 shots a game. 
Mm. Yeah, he'll average 30 points and he'll make $35 million just off his contract and probably another 30 to $50 million in his endorsements. But you know what? He's paid to do that. So he's allowed to do that. Everyone else is 3 and D, dumb athletic and dunker or blocker, or they're a point guard. That's pretty much your player. If you're not the top three guys on a roster, well, you could probably come play in the NBL and be pretty good. Not amazing, but you'd be pretty damn good. And we've seen that. We've seen great players in the NBL not make it to the NBA again. You've seen average players in the NBL go and now play in the NBA mm. and done some amazing things. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't MVPs of the league. I'm saying like Tory Craig when he was here for the Cairns Taipans. You know, he, he wasn't a superstar averaging 25. He averaged probably 15, 16 points, four or five rebounds, two or three assists, and he's gone and played nine years in the NBA now. And he just keeps on finding a role because he knows his role and he knows how to play the game. So anywhere you go, you have to know what your role is. How do you acclimate to that lifestyle really fucking quick? How do you be a good person? And then evidently, how do you win games? And people who win get more jobs. People who lose tend to fucking not have any jobs. Mm. When you talk about the bigger names, you know, they're there to do their job and they get paid bloody well to do it. Being in a locker room, especially when you were over, let's say, in the NBA for that period, is there a big difference in terms of person? Like I'm picturing a locker room, that player, that one or two, those one or two players, are they, do they want to be part of the team? Yeah, they definitely do because they love basketball just yeah. like we love basketball. And people forget that, each, each of us are human and each of us have wants, needs, likes, dislikes, you know, favorite things we want to do after the game finishes, pre-game. They are the same human beings. Now, their distractions are a lot bigger and a lot shinier than ours. I'm sure you've seen a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but realistically, like, they, they just want to hoop. And when you take away the jewelry, when you take away the hype, when you take away the persona and you get them into a quiet space, they're such great people. And some of them are dickheads, yeah. But, you know, if you gave me $65 million a year, <laughs> I might be a dickhead for a little bit too, yeah, yeah. you know. And then I might have to be a dickhead for five minutes. And then I'm like, damn, I was being an asshole to those guys. But now you and all your friends and your friends' friends, they all think I'm a dickhead. Yeah. And that's what happens to guys. But, you know, this happens to everyone all across the world. Like, you know, Kevin Durant, I, I said him, I brought his name before, I think he's an amazing player, but I think he's just got an opinion. And I think he's not scared to voice his opinion because yeah. he's like, you know what? Fuck everyone else. Yeah. I'm going to say what I want to say. And if you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. Like, and then people try and rub it in his face. Oh, you should be better. It's just like, and you shouldn't be a couch potato. And then they're like, <laughs> yeah. you can't say that. And he's like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, you can't say that either. And he just stands on his hill and he's like, I'm just going to keep firing arrows at people. His social media manager must have like <laughs> yeah. the worst skin ever. She'd yeah. just be in breakouts 24-7. Yeah. 100%. But that's, uh, that's the life of the people at the top. Mm. But they love it. You know, they really do. And at the end of the day, it's a game. We all just want to play a game. And then at the end of the month or the end of the week, you're like, oh, sweet, I got paid to play this game this week. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's sick. It's, oh. Yeah, it could be a lot worse ways to make your money. Well, I love the way, like, you communicate. But do you, and you're, in my opinion, at least a lot more unafraid to speak your mind compared to most, I say, athletes in Australia... Do you ever feel restricted of what you can and can't say? Do you feel frustrated? Like, I mean, we've had a lot of athletes on this show and some of them are, are quite open, but some of them, as soon as the mics get turned off and the, the truth comes out, where mm. <laughs> I feel like you're the type of person that would be frustrated by being held back by, you know, media trained you, style. You definitely fall into the, let me sometimes just say the right thing and be politi politically correct because you know the shitstorm that can follow if you yeah. tell the fucking truth. Yeah. And I've got some stories that I've told one or two people and, and people in positions where they're like, holy shit, that's, that actually happened? And then it's like, yeah, yeah, like I have proof of this. Like I can show you. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's like, why doesn't anyone know about this? And it's like, because I've never told anyone. Yeah. But if you say that, you open up a can of worms that you may not be willing to, you stand on the hill and you sometimes don't realize that there's a, a fire ant nest underneath your feet and you go say something and then all of a sudden they just start crawling up your leg. And then the more you panic and the more you, you know, stop, drop and roll, the more they cover you. That's how it feels sometimes because you say one thing, someone's going to have opinion. You say a second thing, they're going to have opinion of your opinion, of their opinion. Mm. And then the, the snowball effect just keeps going and going and going. And then by the end of it, you're not even defending what you're trying to say. You're not even trying to reaffirm what you're trying to say. 
you're just really talking shit about something that you made a comment about someone else's comment who commented on your comment mm. and you're like, why am I even, I should never have said anything and I've done it before. I put my foot in it. I've said things that were out of line. I've said things that I regretted but at the same time, I sit there and I go, well, hmm, do I regret telling you to fuck off? No, I don't because I felt that and I wanted to say it because I don't like you mm. but then the people that are standing next to that person maybe work for the government yeah. and they're with them as a guest and you're like, Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> disaster. That's not good, <laughs> yeah. you know. Oh. But sometimes how you're treated, you don't feel is fair. And sometimes you sit on it and you go, well, that sucks. And I have to go home and I have to wear that. And when you get mistreated, sometimes it's hard because we've all got our own personal battles. We've all got our own personal successes that we never tell anyone about. Men especially fall into that category, but we can't ever deny anyone else out there. They, thems, he, she's, whatever you want to identify as, we all have our own things that we go through that we never tell anyone about, good, bad, and ugly. But when you do get your chance to say it, you need to make sure you say it and there's no potential to rip that bandaid off. Because mm. if you rip the bandaid off and it's any bit different, it's a dissected, you know, it's a science class from, you know, 20 years ago, mm. dissecting a frog. It's just like, <laughs> well, that, that's actually, that's not true. And then you're defending yourself against some corn chip sitting on a couch who thinks he has yeah. some great story about what's going on and it could be complete mud but someone else thinks it's true and then now you just you're just fighting a battle you, you'll never win but then why do you want to fight it in the first place so it's hard as athletes i don't i don't mm. want to be if i could go back i always said this if i could go back and do it all again i'd be a middle of the pack player i'd invest a little bit smarter when i was younger and not be a dickhead and forget the whole 18 and let's look at all the shiny things in the room and be like, let's set up a, a beautiful network of connections, pathways, people, opportunities outside of basketball a lot earlier because I did it the last three or four years like at a really high level and it's been phenomenal for me off court. But yeah, I, I would go back and I probably wouldn't be of the same caliber because there's a lot of things that come with being a leader, being you know very renowned and being, I, I guess, identifiable in a yeah. way. Yeah. Which I don't mean to sound cocky no, when I say not, it, but no. you go down somewhere and then someone stops you. You're having lunch, someone stops you, gets a photo and then five or six people get a photo yeah. and then you're sitting there with your mum and your dad or your partner or your friends and you're just like, fuck, like I'm sorry. I just wanted to sit here today and I've had a stressful day and I've had a shit week and I don't really have the energy to do all that. Sometimes it's nice just kind of being like, yeah, I play basketball. It's like, oh, do you? I didn't notice. And you're like, yeah, that's okay. It's all good. I, I like what I do and I get paid a pretty good little wicket and I get some great opportunities off court. And I think I would go back and do it that way. But at the same time, I get to live a pretty awesome life. You just have to have the mental fortitude and understanding and awareness of yourself and others that, you know, not everything negative you have to accept and you can just kind of boop, like, see you, mate. I don't want to hear that. And the more you take it on, which I did for a long time in my life, the, the, the heavier it got. But now I just feel like I just, you know, it's like playing table tennis and, you know, you're just hitting table tennis balls away half yeah. the time and it can be fun. But at the same time, every now and then you get hit with it and then it turns into sting pong and not ping pong. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it sucks a little bit. So yeah. you, you just got to manage it and, and do your best, understanding that not all outcomes are going to be the greatest for you or those around you or other people. But if you have good intent, you have a, a good work ethic and you're true to yourself and you're pretty good to people, then... Typically, that's going to come full circle. When you being an import and you're someone who I'm, I'm, and this is from afar, like you seem like you're a bit of a larrikin, I'm sure, in the locker room. Like you love having fun with the boys, but you also know the level of professionalism what needs to happen. But you yourself, when you're an import and you go into another country, does that change, or can you be yourself instantly? Do you find your you've got the confidence enough to just be yourself and voice what you want to voice, or did you find that it took time? It can take time. I I don't care what people think anymore. I, I, I really don't. And I think that's the coolest thing that I feel within myself now is I don't really give a shit what anyone mm -hmm. else thinks. And if you think I'm a bad person, oh, okay, cool. Maybe you're a bad person too. I don't know. Maybe, th maybe, maybe you're a great person, but I don't really give a shit. <laughs> but if I hold on to that so much, uh, well, what does he think about me? What does she think about me? Oh, they're not, I didn't get invited to lunch. You know, I didn't get invited to the drinks. Like, that's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. You know, I didn't invite a lot of people when I went out for dinner a lot of times or to drinks when I went out for drinks. And maybe they felt the same way about me. Like, oh, Creaky doesn't like me. So you go to a new place and, you know, whether it was, you know, America, Germany, Puerto Rico recently, like you, 
you walk in and it's like, I know I'm a fucking good player. I know I work hard. I know I give my best effort every day. I know I set a, a precedence of this is the entry level to play on this team with me as an import. And I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to hold myself to a higher standard and I expect you all to hold me to a higher standard. If I bring all that, I can be myself. If I don't bring that, then how can I expect who I am to be you know, portrayed to anyone else? I'm not being my authentic self, giving the game the, the, the respect it deserves. I'm just kind of giving partial efforts. So my intent isn't there to be authentic. My intent is to be protective. So when I start to play basketball, do I play with passion, confidence, all those things that I want my teammates to feel or do I play protected? Do I play reserved? Do I play cautious and safe? And that's the, the, the battle that I found I was playing for a few years until I was like, fuck it. Like, if you don't like me, cool. Maybe your fucking brother or your sister likes me. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Maybe your, your dog likes me more than you. <laughs> Who cares? But if I just be myself, then that's okay. And if people want to hang out, then they do. If they don't, then I'm happy being a homebody and doing my own stuff in my own time and not being bothered by people because you get bothered enough. You're just like, oh, I just want to chill today. So it's a balance that you have to figure out. But you've also got to be happy to be by yourself at times. And I was very fortunate that my partner at the time was with me and she made that trip absolutely fucking incredible in Puerto Rico. And as much as it was one of my favorite trips ever, it was one of the hardest trips ever because of where we are today. But you, you sit there and you go, well, fuck, like that's a memory in time where you go, you can go overseas and you can enjoy an amazing experience with amazing people and it can change. Life can change pretty quickly and the landscape of everything can change pretty quickly. So hold on to those memories and make them while you can because if you don't, you may miss the window and you may not get another window to do it again. So if you have something that you're passionate about or you want to do or a message you want to give someone or something you want to say, say it because that's the memory that you'll hold on to or it's the lesson you'll learn from in order to navigate a better way or a better approach to get a better outcome next time. And I think that's the journey of life is figuring out what you like, what you don't like and being brave enough to go and grab it by the titties or the balls and be like, I'm, I want that. That's cool. I'm going to get that shit. That's going to happen for me. I'm going to get that opportunity. And if you don't and you fall short, well, okay, how can I reassess? How can I reevaluate? How can I reengage and do that? You know, that's, that's what I think life is about now. And I think that's what I'm enjoying about it is finally not giving a shit and saying, it's okay if you don't like me, but... I'm going to give it a crack and at the end of the day, I'll sleep pretty good knowing that I, I gave it my best effort and, you know, if it works out, then it does. If it doesn't, then, you know, hopefully that motivates someone else to do it the right way. Mm. How do you deal with or in the past with partners and relationships being a, a basketballer? On one end of the spectrum, it sounds very flashy, glamorous, exciting for a partner of yours, but then on the other side, it could be potentially lonely, difficult. How, how have you dealt with it throughout the years? Uh, it's hard because, you know, things in my life change kind of recently and I've been a dick in relationships. I've been incredible in relationships. I've kind of played on, on all sides of the field. You sometimes, the hardest thing, I guess, for me was always accepting love and accepting that I was deserving and worthy of it, which sometimes seems really cliche, but for me and you know, currently, like it's something I'm doing a lot of work with, you know, some, some amazing people and professionals to, to, to understand that it's okay to give yourself a break and to, to be, you know, worthy of someone else's love. And I think I just didn't accept it for a long time and I push people away and, you know, they're some of my biggest regrets and hopefully I can do enough work on myself to, you know, have a chance with, with some people again. But yeah, I've, I've got to take myself out of situations at times to be like, fuck, I'd, I just shit everywhere and that was fucking a mess. Like, what the fuck? Like, you just, you had something so amazing and you just let it go almost. So it's about finding the difficulty of meeting someone and then saying, fuck, hey, you want to come overseas for six months and just quit your job and then move with me? Like, do you want to do that? Like, no one's going to be like, yeah, sure, great. Like, because <laughs> mm. they have a life yeah, and they have responsibilities. And when you take from that and then you don't, I guess not serve, but when you don't serve a relationship with the right intent, throughout the whole process of, of that relationship. And it is, it's, it, it, it's a battle, it's tough. It's, it's a process at times because you've got to do your job, you've got to recover, you've got to play games, you've got to win, you've got to fucking do all the right things, you've got all the stuff off court, 
You've then got your hobbies, your life and everything else. And then it's like you, you've now decided to go and engage in a relationship and then bring that with you. You're like, fuck, okay, well, I got to put my relationship first. And then your basketball might suffer. And you're like, oh, fuck, I gotta, basketball's yeah, got to come first. Yeah. And maybe you, you come slightly first. Yeah. But then it's a balance that, you know, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to put myself in a great place so I can be happy with me. And then yep. once I'm happy with me, then I can be loving again. Then I can give myself and I can accept someone else's love because a long time I never did. And that's been really hard to come to terms with. But I can honestly say now without really breaking down and getting emotional, which is probably the first time I've been able to speak about it to friends or family or to like a public place like this to essentially two strangers, That's that was my battle and that is my battle. But I'm okay to to be like, I know I'm not great at sometimes and I'm sorry that I wasn't great at certain things in my life, but I'm trying to be better. And if I can be better, then maybe it'll give me a chance to be happy with someone else rather than just feel like you just got to be happy with yourself, which was never a, the case for me. There was partial parts of it, but you sit there and you're like, fuck, am I really happy? Are we really getting to the goals? Are we really, what are we trying to achieve here? Mm. And when you realize like, that's not what I want to achieve. That's not what I want to get out of it you've got to take a step back and I had to do that for a number of things in my life and unfortunately sometimes you lose people who actually were fucking the best thing ever yeah but then it's yeah it, it makes my mind tick because it's you hit the nail on the head when it's big picture things and things don't align you've got to make hard calls that either hurt yourself or hurt someone else and it sucks like in the moment but you, you, I think you just know, like you, you probably just know, but you know you're going to hurt yourself too. Yeah. It's sometimes the hardest thing is you have to go through more pain when you already feel like you're at the worst possible place and you're like, this can't get any worse. And then you know you're openly going to make a decision that is going to hurt you more and it's going to hurt that other person fucking even more. But then you sit there and the only brave thing i think about it is goes well you're only doing it because you want it to work and maybe letting someone go is the only way that you actually get to have someone and if that's that person which you know i hope it is if it's not then you know you live and you learn and you've at least made the hard call knowing that i can at least work on me to be okay to then allow someone else to be okay in my space too because if my space is a mess well no matter how good your shit is and put together you're going to come over here and it's going to get messy at some point without the intent of it wanting to be messy just because you haven't cleaned up your shit. So it, it takes time. It takes, you know, honest conversations with yourself. It takes being emotional at night and fucking sitting there and having conversations with everybody in your life that you love and you care about and, and asking for forgiveness of yourself. And you you got to find a way, but you got to do all that. And then you still got to go and fucking play. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah you got to do your job. Oh, and, like, fuck. and then there's that pressure too. You just want to chew this yeah. microphone. Yeah. And like, well, I'll, I hope I'll, I get stuck. You're like, it's tough because yeah. you're just, you're humans and you just, you get misportrayed as this wonderful, crazed superhero almost. And it's, oh, nothing can knock them. Or they get paid. They, they should just fucking suck it up. And it's like, well, how about I come to your job every day? Yeah. And I berate you for fucking three, four hours a day, every day. And then on the weekends, we're going to send 10,000 of my mates to berate you and how shit you are. <laughs> yeah. Tell you you're ugly and yeah. oh, you fuck my multi and you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, you yeah, go yeah. and die. Like, fuck your mother. Yeah. Like, you get yeah. death threats, you get everything. And you're like, people go, oh, just let it bounce off you. You sit there and you're like, you know what, dickhead? Like, you would never say that to my face. You would never say that to my mum. You'd never say it to my sister. You'd never say it to anyone in your family. So why would you say it to someone else? So then you sit there and you're like, oh, well, you know what? He's saying it because maybe he's in a shitty place or that person's going through something. But you've got to balance everything in life. And there's so many balls you have to juggle. You feel like a bit of yeah. a clown. There's, it's not three. It's not five. It's like seven. And you're like, you know what? I've got I to gotta, gotta chuck some away. I've got to put some away. And then you get to five and you're like, oh, this is a bit more manageable. And then you go to three and you're like, oh, this is, okay, this is actually mm. really easy. I can do this now. And then sometimes two is too much. And you've got to just go back to... Let's just get up and make some good food for brekkie. That's that is so true, actually. Like, <laughs> I like openly. I had a meltdown the other day because I just moved house, me and my girlfriend, and there's just too much going on. Yeah, like moving, we move into state, and I remember ringing my sister, and I'm like, I was laying on the floor, and I was like, I was like, I was meant to go to a party that night, and I was like, I don't think I can go. 
because I can't even make myself dinner. Like, and we worked through it, but like, I don't think anyone really understands until you get to that place where the simple, a simple step, like have a shower or go to bed on time or get out of bed or make your bed. Like there's people out there every day that can't even get those simple things done because there's some shit going on. I, d- I didn't mean to go on a little random. No, it's, it's, you, it's but, actually yeah. perfect because like my daily routine now is I wake up, I try and whatever, like I have like a big smoothie that I make every night. I normally try and finish it before bed. Sometimes I don't. I fall asleep. <laughs> and I, at, lately I haven't been falling asleep on time, which fucking pisses me off. But I'm like, my phone goes on sleep mode at 8.15. I, I try and put it down. Typically it was like bed by 9, sleep by 9.30, up at like 6. I ice bath straight away. I go outside. I've got a homemade big chest freezer. I've seen that. Looks good. Yeah, yeah. looks really looks good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so I go and get in there. I do my like. I try and do ten minutes now. I've gone from three minutes to five minutes to seven and a half, and now I'm trying to be more seven and a half to ten in the morning, and ten at night as well. But I do that. I go back inside. I have a quick shower. I literally get dressed. I make my bed. I clean my room real quick. Make sure everything's away. I've got a big board with. It's a bit of a revision. There's there's essentially uh, five different like ratings that I have and I just rate them out of 20 and I get a score out of 100 and I just go over my last day and I'm like, okay, where was I yesterday? And I'm like, okay, it might be like food, nutrition, recovery and mindfulness is one. The other one might be like training, you know, rehab, um, ability and I just like have different ones that I tick off and I'm like, fuck, where was I yesterday? And if it's like fucking 50, you're like, oh, oh shit. Like I've got to have, let's have a great day today. But at least I've got up, I've now made you know, made some breakfast, I've had a shower, I've brushed my teeth, I've had a nice bath, I've made my bed. I walk out the door, I'm on time, I'm at training an hour early. Well, now I've done seven things. I've now ticked seven boxes that maybe I didn't tick six months ago. Mm. So that is a win. That's my day one. I've already won the day because I've done seven things. So when I come home, I don't have to, oh, I've had a shit day. This has been really stressful. It's been really hard. Oh, now I've got to, I've got to clean up. I've got to do my washing. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. It's all done. Load of washings in. I just got to put it in the dryer because I'm lazy and I don't hang it out. <laughs> but it's the little things with preparation and just intent to be like, I'm going to tick some fucking shit off early in the day and I'm going to get to training. I'm going to kick ass. I'm just going to have a great day at training and then I'm going to leave training. And then what's the next thing I want to try and do? It's like my business. It's the other the other stuff like coaching wise. It's the yeah. wolf pack. It's all these little things. And you go, well, can I just do little bits along the way? And if I get that, well, then I can have a meltdown and still feel pretty good. Mm. And I can sit there and cry and be like, what am I doing? And then you're like, no, I'm fucking doing good because I just did fucking 12 things and I'm smashing it today. Yeah. And it mightn't seem like big things, getting an ice bath, have a shower, brush your teeth. But I'll be honest, there's a few times where I've left the house and I'm like, fuck, I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't shower. And it's just like, I fucking, you stinky bastard. Put on some roll on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, fuck, I need to go and buy a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Get some floss or something. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's win the little moments every day and be consistent. And I've got a routine now that I will not waver from. Whether it's 11.30 at night and I finish my day of commentating or work or whatever, I go and get in the ice bath, I sit there and freeze my nuts off, I get out, I defrost in the shower for about 20 seconds and it's still a cold shower but it feels like a hot shower. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would. And then you get in bed and you're just like... For the next 20 minutes and then you're like, all right, well, like sweet, let's... Go and try and see if we can have a great day tomorrow. And that's that's all it is at the moment for me. Well, it's clearly you've done a lot of work over the journey. And I know this is not the typical podcast. I know we're probably not going through your highlight reel and everything at the yeah. moment, but hopefully you're enjoying the conversation. But I was going to ask like the dickhead factor as well. So we talked a bit about public, you talked about relationships, but when you're out in public, maybe now <laughs> over the journey and there's... Well, you're at a bar and there's, there's, you know, let's hope 90% of people do the right thing and are respectful. But yeah. when there's a one cockhead that isn't, how do you deal with it? Or how have you dealt with it? Or Because um, it's it, like we, we hear this a lot and it's really interesting to, because we can't really comprehend it, but I don't know what it's like. Like there's one thing copying abuse on a court or over DMs, but when there's somebody that's got a bit of Dutch courage and they yeah they think they've grown a couple when, feet. When it's, when it's a... When it's my mum, my sister, my dad, or my partner ever in the history, I've got a pretty quick fucking fuse. And it's normally pretty stern to be like, mate, kindly fuck off right now. Like respect that I'm with my family. That is not okay. If you're with them. If I'm with my family. Like do not bump into my sister and spill a drink and then don't apologize. Like have some respect. 
And then I'll normally just be like, hey, mate, look, calm down. I'm with my family. And if people come up and like, hey, man, get a selfie. And they're just like, boom, grab your arm and yeah. try and lean in. Yeah. And they fucking knock a drink or something like that. I'm typically pretty okay to be like, hey, mate, look, just give us a minute. I'm with my family. I'll come over and grab a photo in a second. If people come up and are like, hey, man, sorry to interrupt. Do you mind if I get a photo? I'll give you... I'll, f- I'll fucking sing your nursery rhyme on your video <laughs> if you want. Yeah. But just come up and approach it the right <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. You get yeah. some absolute frigging turkeys that come up yeah, and man. they've just got so much grog in them and they just dart Stink. up to their eyeballs. Yeah. And bloody, <laughs> yeah, Charlie Sheen's secret sauce. And they're just like amped to get a photo and they just throw one in there. And people are so rude at times. And you just, young me would have been like, all right, mate, like, let's go. Like, you know, and then I wouldn't have done anything. I just would have arced up like a dickhead. But then as you get older, you're like, I've got a lot to lose now. You can't, yeah. can't lose it. You, you know, I've worked way too hard. I've done way too much work on myself and my life and my friends to, to, to throw that out the window. And, you know, especially after a couple of years ago in the case that happened, like I've got to be ultra because everyone's just waiting. Is You trip up yeah. once, yeah. whether you did something or you didn't do something, you have a trip up once, they're waiting for you. They're just like, oh, I, ho- I hope, you know, here we go. There's a lot of people at Man. home that probably sit there and go, you know what, I hope Creaky fucks up again. That'd be pretty good. I'm going to light him up. So you, it's not about trying to not change who you are. I'll always be the same person, you know. I'll never go out of my way to hurt anyone. I'll never go out of my way to, to do anything with malice intent. But I will sit there and I'll defend my family and especially my mum and my sisters. Like I'll not do anything that is out of line but I will make sure that you know, like, that is not acceptable and I will not take that. And the good thing is if I ever go out anywhere, which is not a lot, but if I do, it's to places I know the security, the owners and the venue managers. And yeah, I'll okay. always make sure that if we're sitting somewhere and I've got my family around, I just want to enjoy our space together. Yeah. Have some music, look at some dickheads, be dickheads, <laughs> have a laugh and then go home. Yeah. But when people interrupt that and they're really rude and they're really disrespectful, like my mum's got a bit of a potty mouth on her. <laughs> Good on it. Yeah. And dad's a little more quiet and laid back. My sisters will definitely like piss off or whatever else. But when, yeah, I find it really hard when you kind of bump my mum and push her of or course. whatever else. I'm like, come on, That's man. That's like, fucked. Like yeah. you, you better get a freaking WWE chair for yeah, this table. Big show's choke slam. You get you know? a, yeah, the Austin 316 is going to come. <laughs> I'll double fist and smash them right over your head. Yeah. But yeah, you get it. It's funny. I enjoy it's, – it's nice when people come up respectfully, but mate, I, I, sorry to interrupt. Like I'm – don't mean to – and you're like, mate, it's fine. Like appreciate you being great about it. You talk to the boys, yeah, you buy a shot for yourself and all the boys and they froth it and they love it and they have a great time and – you sit back down and your mum and dad are like, God, you're a dickhead. Like, why'd you just buy seven random You've people a shot? Day. And you're just like, well, I wanted a shot. And yeah. I thought it'd be rude not to. So, yeah, you take the mickey out of a little bit, but... Fuck, where do you it, go, Mitch? Because I'll yeah. be there. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, boys. <laughs> I don't, I'm, look, I, I love a good fireball shot. I won't lie. Yeah. Fireball, Me too. Do you know what we had on the weekend? What were they called? Those shots at that, at that party we went to. Oh, Jam Donut. Jam Donuts. Have you them? Oh, yeah. They, they, they used, to used to come in the premix ones. Had, oh, it was actually really nice. The, this was, these were unbelievable. The, the jam donuts and they had uh, cowboy shots. They used to yeah, have that. that yeah, was yeah. Like the, yeah. They I used love to a have cowboy the, shot too. Yeah, watch out. Dangerous. I reckon really uh, it's time for our What's in the Golf Box segment Absolutely. brought to you by our partner, Golf Box. So What's in the Golf Box is brought to you by our good friends at Golf Box, Australia's greatest golf superstore. If you need it, they have it and it gets to you fast and free. Shop online, golfbox.com.au. Mitch, we've got the golf box in front of us. I hope it helps my swing. (laughs) Um, We might help you swing in a few minutes, but before that... I promise you there's no spiders or anything in there. That's all right. I woke up up two days ago and I freaking... I pulled the sheet off. I swear to God, I have a video of this. I I pulled the sheet off because I I do this countdown in my head. I go, all right, get up. Five, four, three, two, one. Now... 80% 80% of the time, it works. 20%, I fucking stay there. Yeah. I wait for my next alarm. But I was like, five, four, three, two, one. Boom. Got it off. And I like went to swing out of bed. And I was like, what's that? Oh, no. And I look. And a fucking spider. It was West a not, big dog. And it was like, <laughs> right, right towards me. I, from parallel, like horizontal, sorry. I was fucking laying flat. I did a triple somersault. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man stance in the fucking corner. <laughs> and I looked at that thing like fucking didn't get me and i got my phone out and i like took a video and i was like that's a fucking spider fuck that i've never got from like resting heart rate of whatever it is let's say 40 to 185 that quick Instant. Jeez. Did, was... did, did, when what happened to the spider did you get rid of it 
Yeah, it's gone. Fuck, yeah, I, yeah. Look, yeah. I'm not good with spiders at all. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm so I had to get like a couple of tissues and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm like, if this guy jumps, it's a shoe at job. Me, I'm fucked. <laughs> mate, <laughs> I'm not gonna squash it on me there. Yeah. No, I basically no, I had to pinch him, and then I gave him a little squeeze. I was like, sorry, mate, it was either you or me. And yeah. oh, mate, <laughs> yeah. I know what. Oh, I'm mate, going I carry Mortine <laughs> everywhere I go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> got to protect it. But mate, what we're gonna do? So you're gonna pull out just one at random. There's a few challenges in there, um, and basically, if you complete it, there's gonna be a nice little reward for you. So please read that out. What have you got? What is in the golf box? <laughs> What's the dumbest injury you've given yourself? Oh, oh. fruit bag. <laughs> and the, way, the reason I say fruit bag is because this is a perler. When I was young, well, I can't show you, but my, you can ask my family. We had a, 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 a fence and then there was like a pergola, right? Yep. And then it ran along. You would go in the pergola and you go in our gate. I was shooting hoops and there was obviously a basketball hoop on it and I shot some hoops and I was like, I don't even know how old it was. I was like nine or some shit and i remember just shooting hoops and i got the ball got stuck up on top so i went and got a ladder from around the corner you're gonna laugh but you're a fucking dickhead for laughing but i fully got up on this ladder and put it against the fence and i put it against the pagola and i start climbing up the ladder and i was like i hit my ball and i put my foot on top of the fence to kind of give myself a little bit of a boost because i wasn't a big fella back then and as i pushed off the top rung on the ladder and the top part of the fence now, mind you, it was a picket fence, like a white, white picket fence. You oh, know, no. Yeah, grow up. And I pushed off and the top rung of the ladder oh, no. snapped. And I boop, impaled myself oh, no. through my scrotum. Oh, no. man. What? Swear to God. I had... <laughs> a, it, it actually was, went through. Pierced like, it. Ripped it completely like impaled myself oh mate and oh, i'm there yeah i have the biggest gnarliest scar through my scrotum my fruit bag oh. that you've ever seen <laughs> oh, <that> fruit bag. <laughs> Self, self-inflicted fruit bag wound <laughs> and it is literally like a, a big numb spot on my body that has got a scar that's like this long and oh obviously, when it's cold, it's this big. When it's warm, <laughs> it's this big. Yeah. Those ice baths. Yeah, yeah those ice baths. <laughs> yeah, poor fruit bag. It's um, surgery or like are they? I remember. That's shocking. I just mate. remember losing conscious. I don't remember a lot from being young, young, but I remember being unconscious, being in the back of the car, and then the hospital was too far away, and there was blood everywhere. I remember just being on the doctor's table, and they're like sewing me together. And my that's parents are holding me down and I'm kicking and screaming. Oh, that's worst nightmare so, kind of stuff. So, I mean, you can post that clip and mum and dad will affirm that that is not bullshit. Wow. It's, it was horrendous. So if you see any picket fences now, is there a little so bit? I, yeah, little... I, I typically <laughs> stop, drive past and fucking kick it. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Well, mate, there's a little bit of a reward. I'll tell today. you what, mate, that deserves a $250 golf box voucher. Oh, stop it, boys. Uh, they're going to look after you. I don't know what you want. If you need a new shirt, if you need some, uh, need some, some accessories. Lessons. Golf box do lessons. <laughs> <laughs> they probably do, mate. They've got well, everything. Shout out golf box. I'm going to come for some lessons. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy that, mate. And, uh, and hopefully we'll help the swing a little bit. What are you playing off at the moment? Uh, 57. Nah. I, I, I actually <laughs> don't, I don't, I don't have a handicap, either. but I, every now and then I, I typically play over nine because I'm uh, I'm too impatient still. I suck. Yep. I'm either really good or I'm really shit. I don't really fall in between. So I could shoot 57 over nine or I yep. could shoot like low 40s. It just depends on how I want to play. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I can't control that. No, absolutely not. Well, that's the beauty of golf. Well, hopefully you enjoy that, mate. But, Thank um, you. We, firstly, we just want to thank you so much for joining us today because obviously, too, you're mid-season as well. And I know this conversation, as you can see, we don't actually have notes. We don't. That's not our style. We just like to kind of let the conversation roll. And it probably went down a different path than maybe we expected. Yeah. But we really appreciate it, mate. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's a big honour for us. And uh, better tell the listeners, if they're not following the very handsome Mitch Creek, how do we follow you? You can come near my house and just as I walk out, <laughs> you just chase me. Um, Instagram, Mitchell Creek 55, I think, if you want to follow the basketball camps I do, Wolfpack Hoops. Yeah, actually, talk a little bit about that before we sign off. Yeah, I, it's just um, an initiative I had that I just wanted to give back to the local communities and country regional areas because I grew up in Horsham, country Victoria. Yeah. Didn't have the um, greatest access to different coaches and, I guess, elite-level coaching. I feel like I've got a very good understanding of what – um, the next generation need when it comes to learning, developing, implementing and how to review process that. So the camps come with strength conditioning, basketball workouts. It comes with video breakdowns. It comes with social media and a platform. Wow. It's got all your own gear, posters, yeah, cool. everything you could think of. We go to all the country and regional areas. We've done Stall, Terang and Ballarat so far. We've got 
you know, another 12 locations coming up. We've got an abundance of camps booked in. Typically, we try and run beginner intermediate sessions. And then if I feel like that association could do an, an advanced session, then next year we'll book that in. But right now, it's just amazing. We've got incredible, you know, reversible jerseys. We've got merch. We've got everything you could think of. It's been incredible to Bella and Beck who helped me set this up. It has been tremendous behind the scenes. But just to give back to the communities, like I went to Terang two weeks ago and they've never had a basketball camp out there, there you go. In, in their life. Now, mind you, you go out there, you play a game the night before, you get up at 5 a.m. the next morning when you get home at 10, 30, 11 at night, you get up at 5 a.m., you drive three hours there, you run a camp for six hours because there's three separate sessions, you know, 60 and 90-minute sessions, breaks in the middle, then you drive three hours home and you train the next day. Yeah. I was like, I want to commit to doing as many as I can and I wanted to do more than 10. So we've done about, I think we've got 14 booked in. But I wanted to commit to like, I want to give back to the communities and just basically cover the overheads. It's not expensive to do them, but you get a lot out of them. You get a heap of content, you get a heap of program, you get a booklet called Let's Talk About, which talks about mental health, resilience, goal setting, implementation, review processing, who to talk to and strategies behind that with families as well. So it's got a lot in there and it's just so rewarding to go there, see different people who maybe never get access to an NBL player. And I feel like at the level I'm at now, I can give back and I'm in a great place, you know, as well off court where, you know, I can give up some of my time and I don't just spend my days sitting at home doing nothing on the couch or seeing friends and, you know, having a few beers. I actually go and put it to good use and, you know, it's got a really good turnaround so far. So I'm really proud of it. And and hopefully the website comes soon and and all the the training programs come with it as well. Amazing, mate. So how do we find that again? Wolfpackhoops.com.au fantastic what an opportunity to get because I, uh, I remember even as a kid like I, I was never into basketball as a kid but those yeah, guys used to do them yeah. back in the day and what a feel they yeah, were yeah. yeah they were but uh, Mitch mate thanks again mate thank you very You're much guys awesome appreciate it awesome D, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, D? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.